Welcome to the Nejai Chuan Podcast. My name is Isaac. Uh, this is a bi-weekly podcast where my friend Jess and I discuss internal martial arts, qigong, and meditation. Uh, this week we continue our discussion about uh, Master Liu Hongzhi. We talk about his bagua and the influence of the I Ching and meditation on his martial arts and how to use internal martial arts as a container for spiritual work. Then we move on to discussing the first swing. We talk about the basic instructions for the arms and upper body. Uh, then we talk about moving faster and what that entails. Uh, then we move on to discussing building strength in the upper body through relaxation rather than tension. Uh, as always, check out our Patreon for more content. Um, got some interviews, got some lessons. Uh, we also have a YouTube page if you want to check that out. If you'd rather want, listen to us on YouTube. There's no video of us as of now, but there may be at some point. That's all. Hope everybody has a happy new year and take care. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Nejetron Podcast with Isaac and Jess. We're continuing our discussion of opening the energy gates of your body by BK Francis, talking about his experiences training in China and learning Chinese martial arts and Qigong, as well as the mechanics of the energy gate set. And we're going to begin with another look at the author's teacher, Liu Hongzhi of Beijing. After we've spoken about his biography in the book, we, we're going to take a look back at a different source, the Baguazhang Journal, uh, a famous martial arts magazine that came out in the 90s. Volume 1, number 6, September 1991. So looking all the way back then to um, one of the articles that talks about Liu Hongzhi. Kumar Francis talks about Baguazhang for fighting and meditation. So... This is a classic article that uh, I hope everyone gets a chance to read because it's it's really a good one. Lots of cool descriptions and and really inspiring discussion of Bagua, the martial art. Um, so I'm going to fast forward to a part in the article where he begins to talk about what makes Bagua unique as a martial art and uh, why he was pursuing it. One of the things that makes Bagua very unique is the fact that it starts off from a meditation basis. Fighting is nothing more than manipulating those energies for a purpose. Using Bagua to really develop a person's capacity for meditation, to develop the ability to be simultaneously multidimensional, to be able to simultaneously manipulate things inside your body and inside your mind as you are practicing. These are things the average human being doesn't even know exists. Usually only formal disciples were taught these inner meditational aspects of Bagua. My teacher, Liu Hongzhi, learned it from Ma Shijing, also known as Ma Gui who learned it from Dong Aichuan, the founder of Baguazhang, and he taught it to me. So this article gives you an insight into Liu Hongzhi's approach towards Bagua, and it's a little unique. As he says here, this is, uh, this is talking about working with energies inside the body and mind in order to take yourself to kind of a whole nother level. He talks about the uh, tradition that it comes from, from Dong Aichuan, the founder through Ma Jing to his teacher, Liu Hongzhi. Um, these are intense meditation practices and energy practices that, that make Liu Hongzhi's style of Bagua somewhat different from, from most of the others that I've encountered in my studies. And I think what he's saying here is that this style of Bagua puts a lot of me- uh, emphasis on the meditation basis that, that you know, Bagua is founded on this, this circle walking practice from Taoism that Dong Aichuan then turned for, into a martial art 
that eventually Leo Hung Jae emphasized the meditational elements that that go along with the style. Um, and I think that is really an important part of what the system's all about. Leo Hung Jae was very open about really emphasizing the meditation aspects that he had learned from both Taoist and from this Bagua source. And I'm going to continue to quote the article a second more before we get into it. When I was studying in Taiwan and Hong Kong, I was doing all kinds of energy practices, but I never really learned the real meditation aspect of Bagua. And I thought I would never, I never would because it was a very hard thing to learn and very few people are teaching it. So he's, he, he points out that most of his teachers weren't really into that meditation side of Bagua. He wanted to learn it, but it wasn't really until he found this guy, Liu Hongjie in Beijing, that really emphasized it, that he added it into his teaching. Um, so when I remember reading this, when this first came out in the 90s and thinking, oh my God, that's sweet. Because it's like, it just adds another element to your practice and to your training of Bagua. I had already been learning Bagua, but there, there wasn't the mini meditation involved. So when I, when I got to train with BK Francis, I, I enjoyed that meditation training that goes with it. Um, and I think we can see from this article that that, that meditation side is a direct transmission, a direct strain of the teaching of Leo Hung Jae. Yeah, I, I think it's going back a little bit to, you know, the origins, quote unquote, um, there's a similar analogy to Shingy with standing, right? So Shingy took the standing practices from Taoist Negong and applied it to martial arts. Bagua took the walking meditation practices of Taoism and applied it to martial arts. So there's this thing that existed beforehand, and then there's taking that thing and applying it to fighting and creating a new thing from that, uh, which you know, you can, there's a, I'm not even going to get into the argument about is this stuff useful or should you ignore it and just practice the forms and, you know, chi is bullshit and all that. My attitude is, look, you believe what you believe. And at the end of the day, if it helps you fight better, or feel better, great, you no know, doubt. fuck better, you know, <laughs> but that, that as long as you're benefiting from the, the, the practice, I, I don't care. Or I, I think it's all good. Um, my experience of the quote unquote meditative aspects of doing this stuff is it isn't so much that, you know, it's going to make your punch more powerful or you're going to have a better technique but it's just going to make the whole experience of fighting and martial arts uh, less about your need to dominate and hurt someone and more about your willing, your desire to stop people from being violent. Um, you know, that, that there's a I don't know, benevolence is the right word, but there's a certain thing that comes from the meditation fighting stuff where it's like you can hurt somebody if you need to, but you're hurting them so that they, to prevent them from hurting others or you rather than I just want to feel like I'm more powerful than this other person. And, and so that mental thing that's going on inside your head is what the meditation is going to deal with. Not, you know, the, the, um, physical fighting ability i mean it might and i do say might because this is one of those things you can't really prove 
Um, it might help in terms of your physical reaction time. Uh, I guess you probably could study it, but nobody has, as far as I know, that, you know, the faster your punt, you know, the, the faster you can in, get in touch with your, your quote unquote mind and your body, the faster you can move. So when you have the awareness of mind, you aren't distracted by your own thoughts. So when the punch comes at you, you're not playing a movie in your head about what you should be doing. You're just moving. You're just doing the action. Uh, Bruce would always say that, you know, we're conditioned to kind of play, um, you know, images in our head when we see something. And so in fighting, when you start creating images in your head, you're not dealing with what's real. And so meditation is about dealing with what's real. In a sense, enlightenment is just seeing what's in front of you without your own interpretations, right? You without just, those, you, see the, and, you know, memories clouding it or projections of the future or anxieties about right. the past. Your, your filters, right? You have all, we have all these filters that we put up, you know, to keep ourselves from going insane. And when you're in a, when you're in a martial situation that you have to, or even not just a martial situation, any situation where you have to react quickly, um, the less time you spend thinking consciously about, oh, I should do this. And the more time you're just in it, the, the better, right? So, um, sure. I think that's the, the key piece. It's not, you know, that you're going to, like I said, it's not going to make your, you, you know, if you want to hit somebody hard, you got to practice hitting things. You know, if you want to move your feet quickly, you got to practice moving your feet. Those things aren't going to magically happen because you sit in a room and meditate. Right. But but sitting in a room and meditating might or speed up that time, right? So instead of it taking you five years to get to be where you can move your feet fast, it takes you four years. Right. It gives you a it it so it seeps into all the other practices, and I believe helps them all sort of work a little more smoothly together. You don't have to meditate and do your bagua. You can do them at the same time, right? And, and that just <laughs> as a as a you know time saving device for the modern age is a really Can't nice. Can't beat that. Trick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he goes on to talk about Leo Hung Jay's bagua here a little more, and this gives an, a more insight into Leo Hung Jay's training. Bagua is completely Taoist. The whole method of bagua is manifesting the eight energies of the I Ching inside your body and finding the place which does not change. It is about meditation, but Dong Ai Chuan didn't teach that to everyone because not all his students had the capacity or interest in understanding it. So this 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 meditation aspect is involved with I Ching on some level. The uh, famous book of fortune telling from Chinese philosophy and uh, religion, um, and he's saying Bagua is completely Taoist, and you manifest these eight energies as a fighting method, rooted in this meditation method. But Dong Ai Chuan didn't teach it to everyone. And I think that's an important piece of the piece of this article because a lot of his students didn't care about meditation, weren't interested in meditation, and never learned it and never wanted to learn it. And they were still perfectly capable practitioners. Some of them did like it. And of them, you know, BK right. Francis finally found a guy who was from that group and carrying it forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I can only speak to my own experience, which is you know, Bruce teaches martial arts, Qigong and meditation. And 
the vast majority of his students don't know dick about his martial arts. They, you know, if you've trained with, if you started learning from him in the last 10 years, you didn't learn from a guy who was regularly kicking your ass. Where if you learned from him before that, you were. And, and that's a real different martial arts training. So, um, you know, that, that piece about the, the, what level of interaction you're having, you know, makes a difference. And so if you're on the meditation track and you don't care about martial arts, you don't need to do martial arts. If you're on the martial arts track and you don't care about meditation, you don't need to do meditation. But if you want to find this middle ground, this quote unquote spiritual martial arts, which seems to be the whole thing of Leo's teaching, you are trying to find the balance between these two, these two worlds, right? The, the, the fighting world and the, the spiritual world, you know, and I think that that's a choice. It's all a choice. You know, what you practice is your choice. And, and Leo's line is, you know, you, you become what you practice. So if you want to become a benevolent being that couldn't <laughs> fight its way out of a wet paper bag, you know, that's a choice. If you want to become a brute that, that, you know, hates everything and, you know, uh, furiously masturbates every night to go to sleep. Uh, that's a choice, you, you know? And so it's like your, in your will, your mind ha has to be in it and you have to say, okay, I want to practice for this goal. Um, so again, you know, most people who practice this stuff, I think probably practice it for, uh, you know, 90% health, 10% martial arts or something like that. You know, you're, you're, you're much more interested in getting out of bed without a sore back than you are in worried about right. somebody worried about walking outside and somebody swinging a bat at your head. You know, we like to fantasize about, you know, oh, uh, this and that with martial arts, but the reality is most of us live in a place where that's not really a concern. Um, it's a nice thing to have under your, you know, in your tool chest, but, uh, I think the whole, you know, these guys were aware, aware of um, what happens after the fight, right? That that if you kick the shit out of somebody and you really, really hurt them, even if it was for a good reason, uh, quote unquote, good reason, um, you still got to deal with that. You still got to, you know, reconcile with the karma of hurting another person. And And I think that's what the meditation stuff was about. It wasn't about, you know, so much the fight as much as what happens after the, the fight aftermath, and yeah. you know what what kind of stuff you want to live with you know in terms of do you want to have bad dreams for the rest of your life or do yeah. you want to just you know sleep like a baby exactly so just to wrap up this article um here he says the eating represents in written form the energies from which the universe is constructed However, Bagua people are not concerned with these intellectual symbolic representations. They are concerned with directly experiencing these universal energies within their own bodies and minds. If you get these energies inside your own body and mind, you're going to personally understand the realities behind these symbols. The goal of the pre-birth physical exercises and sitting meditation of Bagua is to directly experience the energies of the eight trigrams. And that, I believe, is a direct teaching of Leo Hung Jae. Yeah, it's that... Uh if you will, mystical angle where it's not about the study of it or the talking about it. It's about the doing of it. And, right. And the, with this stuff, 
you know, there is no Tao that can be told except the eternal Tao, right? That, you know, your your practice of the thing is always going to be better than talking about it, which is why, you know, this whole podcast right. is a little bit Of course. Weird, and I mean, you know, Hung says, you know, one of his best quotes was, Bagua is a matter of doing, not talking. And here we yeah, are so, having a podcast on the topic, but 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 yeah, there right there are restraints to the world right now. So yeah, I'd like whatever. to think that you know you can do some talking as long as you do some practicing as well. So yeah, as long as it's like a ten to one, you're right. Good. You're all good. Uh, but yeah, you know that I think that um, my particular period of time training with Bruce was interesting because I caught him at the end of the martial arts focus and then through the qigong and into the meditation focus and the material doesn't change that much um it's just the emphasis right so when i did meditation with bruce in the early 90s it was the same stuff he does now it's just the emphasis was a little different the martial arts stuff if he still teaches it now it's still going to have the same uh I guarantee you the same techniques. I mean, he, you know, his favorite techniques aren't, you know, are still his favorite right. techniques. Um, just, you know, the emphasis is going to be more on a, you know, the, the energetic side of it or whatever. So, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's, it, it's easy to sit back and go, Oh, it's this and that, but you know, life is life and, and shit changes. And, yeah. you know, I think the, the beauty of doing something like Bagua, and or meditation is that they allow you to be okay with things changing mm. and life changing and getting older. And um, I just think the the martial art aspect of it is a kick ass container, right? I mean that that the you could do it in any container you want, but throw it into a Ferrari and it's like, wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's a know? lot more so fun than just sitting around. So yeah, I mean, I'm with that. I mean, you know, that's, I mean, I think it's more fun. It like it also connects you to a physical realm, which is a big part of Taoism. And the whole bit with the I Ching is that, you know, I don't know anything about the I Ching, but I can experience those energies. So that's something. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and so it's, you know, it's a, it's a different path, I think, than just saying, okay, I want to learn uh, you know, 64 different techniques. And I want to know the fighting applications of each technique. And I want to know how each of those techniques, what it does to my body and, you know, all of that. And that's a, that's what the training Bruce did before he met Leo was all about that stuff. And he used to talk about how you know, he collected techniques and stuff. So that's one kind of training. And, you know, this sort of more esoteric type of training is another type of training. And they, I don't think they're in conflict with each other. I think they're just opposite sides of the, you know, the sphere. So moving on to the next section of opening the energy gates, chapter seven, we're looking at the first swing. So now we moved on to instructions for the first swing. So here uh, we begin by learning that, that the lower body movement is the same as cloud hands. So we, we spent an extensive time discussing the shifting the bending and stretching of the knees and the quad and the various aspects of dissolving the legs. So I've, we've covered that. And so you just plug in the same leg movements that you do in cloud hands into the swing. However, you increase the speed of twisting. You're shifting the weight from leg to leg fairly quickly, 
Um, if, if you go too slow, you can't do the swing. So you have to move a little, at least a little bit faster, up to a lot faster. He says it's extremely important that the head remain on the center line of your body, along with the nose, the navel, and the four points of the shoulders, nest, and quad stay aligned. So you're, you're keeping a very straight, connected upper body. So you don't slouch the shoulders or lean one side or the other. You just do the leg actions and you let your, um, you know, let your lower body do the same thing as cloud hands and you let your arms hang totally limp as you shift from side to side. Yeah. I mean, I think the first swing is the easiest exercise and the hardest exercise, right? Mm. It's the easiest, it's the easiest one to explain. It's the hardest one to actually do, Mm -hmm. you know, because this, this ability to let yourself go and be completely loose in your upper body and yet have this intense control and speed and power in your lower body. It's a lot harder than it sounds, you know, and and I think the, the physical part of it's, you know, it is the same as cloud hands on one level, but your ability to, I don't know, feel through it has to be a lot better. Think of it as you're driving at 50 miles an hour, not five miles an hour. And, and think about what, what your mind has to do to, to do that. It's no different. You know, the mechanics of it are no different, but it's very different. Right. I mean, it, you know, it's so that, um, <clears throat> that's a challenge in, of the mind more than the body. Absolutely. So the swinging arm is completely limp. He says here, they should hang as though they were dead. Use your awareness to make the shoulders, elbows, wrists, palms, and fingers as soft as, as possible. That's actually a lot harder than it sounds. You, you want to let those babies just hang from, from your shoulders. And, uh, you know, in the teaching we've done, it's, it's easy to see when someone has tension in their arm. It's, it's really hard to consciously let go of it. And that's, that becomes a skill. Consciously letting go of your arm tension is not something that comes naturally. You've got, you've got to train that. You've got to practice that. It doesn't just happen. Yeah, it's the same as if you want to build arm strength by like lifting weights. In internal arts, your upper body strength, in a sense, is mostly about just relaxing your limbs. And so the ability to relax your arms without losing the the space inside your armpit and without losing the the vertical connection of your spine and it's not as easy as you think because to hold your body up without creating some sort of tension in your shoulders for most people mm. is a bit of a, a mind fuck mm-hmm. in the beginning. And how do you relax your body and not lose the structure is it's the central sort of paradigm of this whole thing. Like, you know, it all revolves around that. And, and so that, the swing is the physical embodiment of back and forth, yeah. change, you know, of change, ch- you know, re- revolution, right? Something going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And, and it's just that steady flow. So that points me to the next section here on how you power the swing with centrifugal force. During the course of these swings, the arms will never act independently. They will simply be moving by the centrifugal force of the body as it swings left to right. So again, emphasizing, you got to let the arms be loose, even if it feels awkward, even if it feels lame at first, like your arms aren't moving at all. 
you got to let the lower body lead the way and get that centrifugal force of the core turning that lets the arms move away from the body. And I don't know if there's a quick, quick way to get that to work. You know, at first it's frustrating because your arms don't want to do anything. They just want to hang there. And you kind of have to figure out how to loosen them to where the movement of the hips and legs starts to, to influence the arms and lets them begin to swing out. Yeah, there's two extremes, right? Either your arms are dead and they don't do anything because they're not linked to your body or you're too stiff and you move your arms with your arms, but you don't actually move your body. So what you're trying to do is neither of those. What you want is your arms are completely loose and your body moves. And then over, you know, a number of turns, your arms start to swing. The metaphor or image Bruce would always use is a shoe with shoelaces. And you, you're, you know, if you move the shoe flap, bap, 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 back and forth, the, the shoe, the laces will start to flap. You know, but you're not doing anything with the laces or it's one of those clacker, you know, drum things with the go back and forth with. But it's it's that that idea that the the arms don't have to. Use any strength to swing, but they have to maintain this internal linkage um, Mm. in order to 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 have that connection. Because otherwise what happens is, you know, the body will start to turn and the arms will just sort of flop like. Uh, you know, wet noodles and they're not actually linked to the body. And, and that isn't it either. There's this sense that things have to be internally uh, connected so that when you swing, for example, you aren't, you know, feeling your shoulder about to rip out of the socket. Right. You know, stuff like that. Right. Maybe part of so that is a- when you do the standing, you turn the palms back that sort of in lightly engages the arm rather than a completely dead. So it's still soft as can be, but you, you open it up, the palms back, allow the, the link through the yes. shoulders to the spine. And so when you start to swing, now you can let the arms be limp, but at the same time linked, like you're saying, it really is a, is a catch 22 in the sense. It's, it's, it's the subtle twisting of soft tissue that, that actually holds them quote unquote in alignment as you move without tension. So yeah. So the, the, dynamic part of the swings is that there is a very subtle twisting going on in your arms and that keeps them from disconnecting so you know they're limp in the sense that you're not using any strength in your arms to pick them up but that doesn't mean they're not doing anything that just means they're not clenching and using strength so you know it's it's a bit more than that. right you got to find the balance so moving to the next section the hands la- lightly tap the kidneys and abdomen and that seems to me a pretty important part of the deal you're using this centrifugal force by twisting the waist side to side as the uh as the bend and uh the forearms eventually lift up in the air to become parallel to the floor where the hands lightly tap the abdomen from the front and the kidneys from the back and you don't do this with any force um, but your arms give less and less resistance over time and they, they lift up in the air a little bit. And then you tap your wit, which is basically the way you showed me is to pretty much tap your lower Dantian and the, the, on the back, the Ming Mun opposite the lower Dantian with each swing, you lightly tap those two key energy gates. That's one option. That's more specific. Um, in the beginning, you don't try to, I wouldn't say you target anything in specific in particular. You're just 
you just let your arms hang there and you start to turn and they'll flap against your hip first and as you go more they'll flap against your claw you get a little higher and then they'll flat start to hit your belly and eventually if you're going fast enough they'll go up to you know where like he's saying that they're parallel to the ground and that usually is when your your hand actually touches the opposite you know your right hand touches the left side of your belly and it's your wrist that's on you dandian but the again the specific point is less important than how you're getting there and, and um it's this emptiness you have to feel in your arms while you move your body people focus too much on the arms i think is the problem so they want to move their arms to a certain point rather than just wait for their body to get there and the thing with the swings is it's like think about what it takes to go as a you know as a child from walking to running what kind of development the human mind and body have to do because that's what's happening inside you is it on a on a different level but you're you're going from walking to running and so the less tension you have the easier you know the the easier things begin to move and this this twisting of tissue is is first it's involuntary mm. that as you turn back as you turn back and forth things just kind of twist on their own then you begin to feel it and and encourage it a little bit a little tiny mm -hmm. bit a and refine it and mold it and do all these things so you're you're building off this organic movement that's that's coming from just turning back and forth and it's it's a very subtle thing to to feel this letting go in your arms as you're swinging mm -hmm. so that speaks to something in the paragraph here where he says how important it is that that the uh, the space underneath the armpits stay open and the arms don't touch the ribs so that's that that's like creating a little space so the arms can wrap away from the body and do a little bit of that twisting that you're talking about rather than just dead fish that are flapping on the sides of your body they open slightly by opening the armpits exactly and so like i said in the last episode there's a yin and yang kind of thing between the first swing and cloud hands mm -hmm. cloud hands is essentially you're doing a yang thing you know you're in control of it but there's that little bit of yin so that you stay relaxed mm. well the swing is a yin thing it's soft and gushy but there's a little bit of that yang in there to keep your body from collapsing or you know overly twisting or whatever glitch you might have so again you know it's this you know, you know the, that little bit of yin inside the yang and that little bit of yang inside the yin i think makes a big difference it's, it just keeps you from overextending for example so one last thing i want to touch on here in time with proficiency the arm as the arms come inwards they will bring healthy chi into the body and as they swing away they will release stale or useless chi so there's a there's sort of a vacuum a suctioning in and then as you twist your arms fly away sending chi away and then as you twist it comes back in again so it's a there's a pulse like breathing in and out that goes with the swing yeah i mean one of the first things that people notice when they when they do the swings is their hands get uh puffy and sort of warm tingly or whatever 
and this is from blood starting to get out to the fingertips and that's one of the main benefits of doing this thing with your arms relaxed is that the more relaxed your arms are it's like a big tube or a balloon and as you swing it the the fluids inside your body fill up the tube you know it's like swinging a water balloon right um and so you start getting this circulation and there's a phrase in qigong that you know where the blood goes the chi flows right so you could talk about chi if you want you could talk about blood if you want so getting blood out to your fingertips is a really good signal that your chi is getting there as well um, and so that's one of the first things that people notice when they do this stuff is you start getting instead of feeling it just like in your shoulders and your hands are cold you start getting a sense of your hands getting puffy and warm and the veins in your palms starting to bulge out and all that stuff and then there's that in, in the chi coming in and going out is a little bit of a subtler thing but i think on a raw level you can kind of feel yourself gathering on the way in when your hands tap and then you're releasing and, and sending outward you know, yeah, well, that's what you're more refined from there, I suppose. Sure. I mean, but your blood does that too, right? Your blood goes in, goes out, goes in, goes out. So again, it, it, different levels of, of um, sensitivity, right? That, that if you're sensitive enough to feel cheap, you know, by all means do that. But if you can't at least notice if you're getting blood out to your fingertips and then notice maybe when you come in, there's a little bit less of that blood in your fingertips. And when you swing out, there's a little more that might give you a sense of it or nerve flow is another one. You feel like tingling out in your fingertips and then it, then it sort of subsides when you come in and then it tingles a little bit when you go out. And these are just echoes of what's going on inside your body. So it's, I don't think it's important to think about what you want to call it. It's just, can you feel something moving out in? Because this exchange between your body and your limbs is essentially the, the pumping mechanism that keeps everything fluid. So uh, think of animals, right, that use their limbs to pump, like turtles. They, they pump their limbs and that keeps their body moving so they can, you know, stay healthy and right. all this. That's, pre that's putting pressure on their inner body by moving their limbs. Yeah. So this is essentially that doing that sort of pump. Babies, you know, in the womb do it, right? They, they pump. They kind of little shrimpies and they pump. Right. And that brings that, the nutrients in and out from the placenta. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's the, I mean, the, the basic motion of life is a pump right without a pump stagnation so you can think of a pond right if you have a pond with water in it if there's nothing coming in and nothing going out it just sits there it gets stagnant you get mosquitoes it smells nasty right so you either need something to mechanically move that water or you need to put more water in and move some water out and so it, you need this this flow, this, mm -hmm. this exchange. And that's on a chi level, it's the same thing. The chi inside your body has to mix with the chi above you and below you and around you in order to 
stay healthy. Mm -hmm. And so this swinging action is doing both of those things at once. Pretty nifty. Yeah. Good conversation, brother. Let's talk again soon. All right, man. All right, take care. Hey folks, Isaac again, uh, just a quick note. Uh, we talked a lot about Bagua in this episode and just to let you know, I am currently teaching some of Leo's Bagua in weekly classes on Zoom. So you can contact me if you're interested in doing that. All right, everybody uh, to have a happy, safe new year and take care. Mm -hmm.